how to have the mind of Christ. And when you have the mind of Christ, then your process and way of thinking ought to change. Isn't that right? And so when people say, that's how I am, then they're not saved. Because once you get saved, then how you are ought to be passed. And we are trying to get in a place in our life where we can have the promises and the blessings that go along with it. Does that make sense? And a lot of times we think that we have to work to do something. And doing the work, we think that qualifies us to be able to walk into the kingdom of God or to have those things. Today we want to talk about what the real reason we are here as Christians. The Bible tells us in Ephesians 2 and 8 and 9, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourself. It is a gift of God, not by works, so that any man may boast. There ain't nothing you can do, nothing you can do to deserve grace. It's a gift from God. And, and you can do all the work you think you need to do, but it doesn't give you what God can give you. The one thing I like about this scripture is, ask me what that is. We don't get what we deserve. <laughs> yeah, you with me? We thank God for his grace. Because if it wasn't for his grace, we'd get what we deserved. And God knows some of us in here that are real and honest about our lives, the last thing we want is God to give us what we deserve. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so I'm, I'm, I, I love this. So, so I'm, I'm glad that I, I'm not, I can't boast and I ain't want to boast and I ain't got to work. It's a gift. But the problem with the gift is you got to receive the gift. And with this gift, see, the, uh, salvation is free. It's a gift. It's the life that's hard to live. Because with this, there is a lifestyle. Some people want the, how many of you want the blessings of God? Amen. 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 But how many of you live in the, the life God would have you to live? That, that's the hard part is living the life. Being saved is easy. Living the life is hard. Because once you start living the life, you have to give up stuff. You know, and, and, you know, and, and, and we understand that, that culture and church culture and culture causes us sometimes to live a lie. We live in a lie. And I say it all the time, don't hide behind the Bible. You know you're sinning. Sin is sin. Ask for forgiveness because that's it. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so today we're going to briefly try to figure out where we stand with God. Where do you stand with God? If Christ would come today and sit down with you as an individual and talk with you about your life, would he be pleased with your life? That's, that's, that is the issue. Would he be pleased with your life? How you living? And, and then some people live below their means. They live here, and they need to be living here. You see? And different things can happen in your life and drag you down. Uh, you allow them to drag you down, and, and you'll get caught up into that and sucked into that, and then you'll give up the very life that God would have you to live. Titus 3 and 5, please. Titus 3 and 5 from the NIV. He saved us, 
not because of righteous things we had done. God saved us not because of righteous things we have done, but because of what? Because of his mercy. Because of his mercy. And thank God. See, somebody asked me one time how to pray, and I told him one of the greatest prayers that you'll ever pray is God have mercy. And mercy means, I lost my paper. Mercy is <laughs> compassion. Mercy means compassion. Or forgiveness. Forgiveness. Toward someone whom it is within one's power to punish or harm. That's what mercy is. God has the power to punish us the way we live, but his mercy sets us free. See, sometimes you need to really get real with it. And, and we don't pay the price that we should pay for our sins because mercy sets us free. Now, he has, he has the right. He could punish us if he chose to. Yes. But his mercy sets us free. And, and, and we're living on his mercy. I'm going to help you all out. A lot of us, you know, people go and they go to prison. They call them incarcerated. Is that right? Some of us in here have done some things that we could have been incarcerated of. Yes. Right? You understand what I'm saying? But God's mercy, even when we were blind of it, was still sitting there. How do you think you got here this morning? Because you didn't do the work or you didn't do anything to make you so good to be here this morning. It's God's mercy. Do you understand? And I understand that. And I, I love to hear that mercy. There's been a many times that I've believed, Lord, have mercy. Because my spirit knew that I deserved something else. But God's mercy... Not only sickness, we always talk about sickness. I'm talking about not only sickness, I'm talking about sin and all these other things that we have done. God's mercy has saved us. All right. It goes on to say he also saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. And it's the Holy Spirit that washes us and give us a rebirth. So listen to me. If the Holy Spirit washes us and give us a new a rebirth, then that means you've been born again. And if you've been born again, you ain't of the same DNA that you started out with. Now, some folks here in church, they got the same DNA. But they ain't born again. You can go to church and not be born again. Y'all do know that. You can go to church and not be saved. You do know that, right? And then there's some people who get saved. They're taking Jesus Christ, their personal Lord and Savior, saved, but they refuse to allow the Holy Spirit to come into their life and give them the rebirth because they give them the rebirth. They have to change the way they live, the way they think, the way they process because the Holy Spirit changes all of that stuff. You see, how many love God? Amen. How many love the Son, Jesus? Amen. How many love the Holy Spirit? Amen. Why do you grieve him? When you live outside of what God would have you to do, Scripture says you grieve the Holy Spirit. We say we love God, we love the Son, we love the Holy Spirit, but the Bible says do not what? Grieve the Holy Spirit. So when we do wrong, we grieve the Holy Spirit. Come on, you can say amen. We're talking about your neighbor. <laughs> right? Anytime we do wrong, we grieve the Holy Spirit. That's Scripture, folks. That ain't me talking. You see, anytime I do anything wrong outside of God and outside of him, I'm grieving the Holy Spirit. Because, see, when you become a Christian, look at me, everybody, it ain't about you. It's about him. And it's about, is he pleased with how you're living? Is he pleased with how you're talking? Is he pleased with your gossip? Was he pleased with your lying? Is he pleased with other things that you did? 
It's going to be a scripture going to talk about that and say if you're really saved, then there ought to be some changes in every mentally, spiritually, emotionally, physically, and even financially, there ought to be some changes in your life. And once you have this process of these changes, things get better in your life. People who follow this, they have less issues because most of us would admit in here that when we ever had issues, we were out of line. You see, if you were saved and, and, and you put somebody in your life that was unequally yoked with you, you can't put that on God. You got to put that on yourself. That's right. Right? Yep. You know, someone got mad at me the other day when I was talking to them and, and they was crazy. It wasn't a church member, so don't get all upset. You ain't that important. <laughs> they, I was telling them, I said, hey, your lifestyle, the way you live, and if you can't pass the Jesus test, y'all need to get some AIDS tests. They didn't like that. But you know I said that because y'all know me as I am, right? Because the Jesus test is a whole different ballgame. And he was out, he was out there in that, in that, in that other lane. You see? And the Bible, don't be offended. If you get to read this, this will offend you. Let me tell you something. Anybody that reads this and you ain't uncomfortable, you ain't hearing it. Because this makes me uncomfortable. You know, this makes me have to like folks, to love folks I don't even like. Huh? This makes me to excuse folks that I'd like to, because uh, you know I wear boots. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This is a whole different world here. And, it will, it, and if you do, this challenges you to be like Christ. And, and, and you can't be like Christ unless we have the washing, uh, the worship, the Holy Spirit washes us and gives us a rebirth and renewed, and we become renewed by the Holy Spirit. That's just how that works. You see? You, y'all like me as a pastor? Well, you better be glad this thing called rebirth. Because this, that first birth wasn't thinking about setting, no, 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 I'd be kicking it somewhere. Or it doesn't kick me out of here. But it's the reverse, yes, that rebirth and the washing of the Holy Spirit that puts you in the position to be able to do the things, even to represent God. And guess who else has to do that? Anybody that calls himself a Christian. There ain't no, you know, a lot of people think it's a different standard for the, for the preacher than it is for the people in the pews. No, it ain't. It's all the same. There ain't but two places, heaven and hell, right and wrong. All right? We don't get no passes. Okay. I haven't. Next, next we're going to read 2 Timothy 2 and 19 from the NIV, then the voice. Stay with me. Nevertheless, God's solid foundation stands firm, sealed with this inscription. Here it goes. The Lord knows those who are his. God knows those who are his. Now, the Bible says God knows who are his. That means there's some who are not his. And this is written to who? Timothy, written to a church. So he's saying there's some people in the church that are God's people. Then there's some people in the church that are not God's people. Now, you need to choose which side you're going to be on. And God's people have a different behavior. Yes than the people who are not of his people. Do you understand? All right? Then it says, everyone who confesses the name of the Lord must turn away from wickedness. All right? And so the Bible says, though, anybody that confesses the name of Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior must do what? Turn away from wickedness. wickedness. And, and you ever get mad at the preacher for reading something that God wrote? Right. Well, let me tell you. The preacher gets mad sometimes at some of the things God wrote, right. but he don't change his mind. 
And he didn't ask me my, with all my brilliance, he didn't ask me my opinion about anything written in here. Do you understand? Now, I agree with everything that's in this Bible, because I have to, because I know it's the truth. But this thing hurts. This hurts. You know, when I see people all the time, I went to church and we had a good time. I'm like, I need to go to your church. Because this message hurt me. Because it's talking lifestyle. And that's tough for some of us. Because some of us look at ourselves and we're not afraid to allow the Holy Spirit to evaluate us. And when the Holy Spirit evaluates us, he becomes our mirror and he shows you who you ain't. So if the Holy Spirit has never told you who you ain't, then you ain't been looking in the right mirror. All right? From the voice, it says, regardless of what they do or say, God's foundation is strong and firmly in place. And it says, doesn't matter what you think or what other people are saying, God's foundation is firm. You can't get away with it. You know, folks, folks, you know, lying is lying. Stealing is stealing. Right? Right? Adultery is adultery. Fornication is fornication. Right? Fighting is fighting. Gossip's gossiping. It's in here. And no matter what anybody says, this is solid. And it's tough sometimes. It's tough sometimes. Self-righteousness is a sin. You see, we're scared to talk about the sins, but if we've been born again, God has revealed. Let me tell you something. You're in good company. Ask me why. Because we all in here got some issues. Everybody in here got some issues. And the one that thinks they ain't got no issues has got a whole bunch of issues. <laughs> Do you understand me? All right? You're looking, sure enough, looking in the wrong mirror. Yeah, see, the only difference between AA and, and, and church should be the people in AA admit they go in there because who they are. Sometimes Christians look beyond who they are. You see, so here's what we're going to do. If you feel that you are so righteous and you got it right, don't be embarrassed. You need to leave. Because you're definitely in the wrong place. Okay, we good? All right, here we go. <laughs> the Lord knows the ones who belong to him. God knows who belongs to him. And see, see the thing about it I like about God is he is patient, but he knows who he is who belongs to him. Now there's some people who think they belong to him who really don't belong to him. But God knows who belongs to him because he knows your heart. That's right. He knows your spirit. All right? You can fool people, but you can't fool him because he knows your heart and he knows your spirit. Do you understand? And so we get this. Everyone who invokes the name of the Lord ought to stop doing what they know to be wrong. If you're going to call him Jesus and you've overcome his name, you need to stop doing what, what's wrong. This is the scripture talking. Wow, wouldn't this be something? If everybody who says they were a Christian would live like this, we wouldn't have all this hell going on in this country. You understand? We're so divided now, I ain't never seen nothing like it. We don't need all this chaos and confusion. And people who are starting a lot of it are saying they're Christians. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's right. But do you belong to God is the issue. Who do you belong to? You see, when I go to church and I call him, yeah, some folks are married and call each other husband and wife. 
Got other folk? It is amazing to me you get in church and folks just, some of these folks been married three or four times and they think I'm crazy. Right, right. <laughs> Come on here. Come on, get with the gospel. Don't get mad at me. If you upset, anytime you get upset at someone, you know what that is? You're being convicted and don't know it. You're being convicted by what is being said and don't know it. it is the, there used to be a, a woman, uh, 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 excuse me, a guy in our church when I came out of the same marriage and the preacher preached, said, it's the truth anyhow. That's right. We're supposed to make some changes in our lives. You see? Remember, this is written to a church. Paul didn't write to the world. He wrote to churches. You're glad to be here this morning, right? That's right. Yeah, so you can learn about you this morning. See, one thing is Isaac said something about a song to get selfish about. Sometimes you've got to get selfish about the Bible. This don't mind me. I'm going to church to get a lesson for me because I know someplace in that pastor's talking, he's going to say something that I need to take a look at. You see, I need a spiritual x-ray this morning for the Holy Spirit to x-ray this morning and find some things maybe that I haven't found in me. Because if you want to be a child of God, you want to get it right. And let me tell you, sometimes, yes, and sometimes it is painful to find out what's wrong with you. And it hurts. But it's, it's okay. Because he'll heal you once you admit it. Okay? All right. Next, we're going to go to Romans 8, 28 through 30 from The Voice. All right. We are confident that God is able to orchestrate everything to work towards something good and beautiful. And this is what God wants us to have. God wants us to have a beautiful life. Yeah, he does. The first two people he created, he put in what? In a paradise. He wants us to have a beautiful life. Now, here's the truth. This is what you got to ask yourself. This is an individual thing. How is your life? How are y'all living as a family? It should be beautiful. All right? And we have to love him and accept his invitation to live according to his plan. But the problem of it is he has an invitation, but you have to go according to his plan. There's no one ever went to God's, God's plan, took the invitation of God's plan, who has ever failed at anything. Because his plan don't fail. And let me tell you, remember, I tell you all the time, there's two things God can't do is fail and lie. So if I'm following his plan, now listen, if you have some misery and you have some problems in your life, you're following the wrong plan. You see, see, some of you all in here are trying to be happy by pleasing other people. And you can't please people. You ought to know that because you can't please yourself. So you're trying to, right? Follow God's plan. I have never seen a person that was following God's plan ever lose their joy. Now, he'll make you unhappy sometimes because he'll tell you who you are. But we're going to follow God's plan. So the key to it is, ask God. When you pray, ask God to give you a spiritual revelation. Say that. A spiritual revelation of his plan for my life. That's what you need to ask him. Ask God, what? give me a spiritual revelation of your plan for my life. Because a lot of people are living a life that's not God's plan. Do you all know that they say 80% of the people that are working jobs hate the very jobs they're on? But some people are doing a job because they want the money. But they're miserable. I would rather have follow God's plan and do something that gives me joy. Because he ain't going to make you starve. He's going to be able to pay your bills. You may not have to be able to buy the big car, the little one to get you there. But you know what I'm saying? A smaller house. You know, ain't but three of you no way. You don't need a five-bedroom house. So, so he's, yeah, he's going to give you everything you need. The Bible says that, right? But you got to follow his plan. Anybody in this church, let me tell you, if you are miserable with your life, you're following the wrong plans. 
Ask God to give you a spiritual revelation and lead and guide you to what he'd have you to do. Do you understand? Okay. You see, he knew those who would be his one day, and he chose them beforehand to be conformed to the image of his son. So he, he knew who was going to come to him, and he wanted them to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. You remember, I do that all the time. I walk as Christ, I talk as Christ, I think as Christ, I have the spirit of Christ within me. Therefore, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me, because if you have been conformed, saved, conformed, then you want to live the life that Christ would have you to live. And it is a good place to be. You don't miss nothing. Right? That's right. Nobody in here has ever had a financial problem buying the things they needed. You got my message, right? Yeah. <laughs> right? Nobody in here has never got in a relationship that went bad with one that God gave them. Okay. All right. And so we understand conformed is to resemble, comply, and obey, assuming the form or model. So who's, you got a role. Listen here, you a Christian? Yes. Oh, you didn't have a father. I didn't have a role model. Yeah, you do. If you came out of a two-parent home, you still need a role model in Christ. So if you, don't, if you didn't have somebody in the house, you still have a role model in Christ. I ain't trying to be like my daddy or stepdaddy. I'm trying to be like Christ. God didn't conform me to be like anybody I know. Matter of fact, I don't even have the field's DNA anymore. Once I took Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior, I got a new DNA. Do you understand? My personality changes, right? Attitude changes, right? You see, when people look at how the fields has acted, the, I don't act like them. I don't know them, but I didn't act like them. I'm trying to act like Christ. Because when the Holy Spirit conforms me, he didn't conform me to, uh, in the culture that I live in or through the biological parents that I had. He conforms me to be like Jesus, according to the scriptures. Do you understand? So all of us got a role model. We need to quit complaining about it. I hear people all the time, well, you don't know how I grew up. Really? Problem is you didn't grow up. Do <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Because growth, when I became a Christian, that's when my growth started. Uh, you don't hear what I'm saying. <laughs> all right. You good? Verse 30 <laughs> says, as for those he chose beforehand, he called them to a different destiny. So he called us for a different destiny. We're not supposed to, see, you keep, I keep using this, we're not supposed to be conformed by cultures. When we came to Christ, he chose us for a different what? Destiny. Do you understand me? All right? So that we would also experience what it means to be made right with God and share in his glory. And, and we're going to experience what is made right with God and share in his glory. And that's the whole thing. One day I want to share in his glory. That one day, that when, and you know, one thing I tell you all the time, you don't get out of this life. That's right. All right? One day you're going to have to meet your maker. And you want to be able to share in his glory. You want to be there and, and share with the brothers and sisters and moms and dads who are saved and, and, you, and, and, and share in God's glory. That's what this whole thing should be about, right? Yes. All right, I'm going to finish it up here. All right. Uh, Y'all know the rule. I'm going to finish it up here. Time, Pastor. All right. All right. All right. 
Uh, Reading next from Ephesians 1, verse 3 through 10 from the NIV. Praise be to the God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realm. Now there there is a natural realm, and then there is a heavenly realm. I want to be blessed in the heavenly realm. Because in the heavenly realm blessings, there are spiritual gifts. There are no spiritual gifts in the natural realm. Only in the heavenly realm. You see, in the heavenly realm, there's joy. There's only happiness in the natural realm. And happiness is determined by happenings. And you don't want to go there. And and see, happenings can steal your happiness. But happenings can't steal your joy. Because it's from the heavenly realm. All right? For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. And say, wait, hey, wait a minute, nobody's perfect. Really? Nobody's holy. Really? The Bible says, be holy as your father is in heaven. Here we're looking at a scripture as he wants us to be blameless. So see, that's the goal. The goal is to be a 10, not be satisfied with a five. You understand? Oh, we do that in games. Or do it in our life. That's right. All right, here we go. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship. So he predestined us in love and adopted us in sonship. Nobody in this building's fatherless. Nobody in this building's fatherless. I don't care how old you are, if your parents have passed away, your father, you, you're not father. You have sonship in Jesus Christ. You have a family. You know, so, you know, people tell me all the time, well, I don't trust anybody. And you know, I tell them how ignorant that is. There are billions of people on this earth, and only, God only made one trustworthy, you. <laughs> I'm in a family. That's right. Can't be. I'm not fatherless. I have, I have a parent who loves me. You understand what I'm saying? And I can go to him at any time with any situation. It's called kinship. How many Christians in here? That's called kinship because we're in the family of God. We're sons and daughters of God. You see? And the last thing I heard, there was no zip code to get in there, no color to get in there, no status to get in there. That's right. Jesus Christ brought us in there. And to him, we all poor sinners saved by grace. Right. Fix it. Amen. That's right. All right. To the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us and the one he loves. He loves us. Nobody loves me. I remember years ago, they used to be the little rascals. And there was a guy called Alpha Alpha. And he had a little girlfriend. I can't think of his name. Harla? See, y'all been watching too much TV. <laughs> Yeah, but he had a little girlfriend, whatever her name was, and they broke up, and he was going around singing, I'm through with love, I'll never love again, because my heart has been broken within, right, you know? There's somebody loves you tonight, today, because somebody sitting in here feels like you're not loved. Yeah, you are. God loves you. And say, what else, Pastor? What else? If God loves you, he got some people around you that love you. You may not know that, but they there. That's right. Amen. All right. In him we have redemption through his blood. That's right. The yeah. forgiveness of sins 
in accordance with the riches of God's grace. God's grace is so rich, you couldn't add it up. Sometimes, some of us that are real, Brother DJ, sometimes we think, boy, he sure paid a whole lot for us. And we thank God that his riches never run out. Because some of us, yeah, we paid a, he paid a big price for us. He paid a big price for us. Because some of us have lived to be agents of Satan before we got here. And God paid a, paid a price for us. That cross was for us. Them beatings was for us. By his stripes I am healed. And we think we only do that when somebody's sick, but some of us were sick with our addiction, sick with our mind, sick with our anger, sick with our blame. You know what I'm saying? And he paid a price for that. And we're grateful for that. All right? Verse 8 says, With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will. And he gives us the wisdom and understanding so that we know God's will. That's why I say pray for spiritual revelation. God, give me the wisdom and the understanding of what your will is for my life. You see? And most of you should understand this. Ask me why. Because you've done it wrong. This is going to help us to get it right. Don't be afraid. Let me tell you why most people don't grow. The people who don't grow are the people who can't admit they were wrong. You can't grow. You'll freeze. You'll freeze there. It'll paralyze you. You can't grow. Because you got to repent. And sometimes you need to repent to folks. Start there and say, hey, wait a minute. You see? All right. According to his good pleasure, he purposed in Christ to be put into effect to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. So are we supposed to be together? What does unity mean? That we'd come together under Christ. You know, isn't it amazing that this country is supposed to be a Christian country? And we got more hell going on. Folks can't get along. Church folks don't even like each other. You know, Catholics don't like the Baptists, and the Baptists don't like the Pentecostal, and Church of God and Christ don't like nobody. And you got all these folks going, yes, y'all know how that is. Well, I'm this and I'm that. People say, I'm a Baptist, I'm a Methodist, I'm this. No, I am a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, that the Heavenly Father sent the Son of Man, the Son of God, as the Lamb of God to die for the sins of the world and bring us together. Religion is tearing us up. But everything else brings us together, you see? And when God called, he says, and all who are thirsty come and drink. And there ain't nothing on the other side at all. Now, okay. Where am I at? 19 or where? That's it. I'm done? You're done. Oh, I got it. <laughs> I was on a roll. Huh? You can't find, let me find something else on here. Do you understand what I'm talking about this morning? We need to get it together. And when you get it together, you got to first of all figure out that you ain't got it together. And when you can admit you don't have it together, then you can repent and to God and allow the Holy Spirit to come in and shower you and baptize you and open up your spirit and your conscience and your mind and direct you into the place that God would have you to be. That's what this message is all about. Amen. All right. All right. All right. DJ, give God a hand clap. Give Pastor Fields a hand clap. <laughs>